You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I am a compulsive overeater. Um, Thank you, Katie, for asking me to share. Uh, I've never shared at a how meeting. Um, I remember when how I I was in the rooms when how first became a thing, at least on the East Coast. And I do know that many people who at that point were struggling latched on and got amazing physical and emotional recovery. Uh, it became, like I said, it was a thing, it was a novelty at the time and it was really helpful for a lot of people. Um, so this happened back in the eighties. I have been in and around the rooms since the mid eighties. I'm 55. Now I went to my first OA meeting. It was a young people's meeting. It was in Ridgewood, New Jersey. My father dropped me off there. Uh, he decided that I was a compulsive overeater and needed the program. He wasn't wrong. He was a compulsive overeater who was in program on the East Coast in the late 70s and early 80s and got great physical recovery and lost it. Um, so he knew what he was talking about. He wasn't wrong. He saw the symptoms in me, but I was by no means ready yet. I mean, I, I mean, God bless anyone who walks into a young people's meeting at that age and gets it. I needed to spend 30 more years or so out in the wilderness uh, before I was brought to my knees, given the gift of desperation and willing to surrender and truly take the first step. Um, I spent many years in, out, around, and about, dicking around with it. I um, sort of say that I was the the waltz queen of OA, one, two, and three, one, two, and three. Never took um, a, a true first step because I, and that's how I, the way I know I never took a true first step is that I never got to my fourth step. So we have some visual aids there. Top weight, approximately 191 and a half. Um, and I know that because for years I obsessively weighed on my scale at the gym. I had to have that scale. Um, that was the only one I trusted. Um, and uh, if they want to scroll through any of that, you'll see that I never throw any clothes away. Um, and just, uh, that's what sugar does to me. That's what white flour and to me, basically all carbs. Uh, when I got the qualifications to speak today, I was told three months of abstinence. I have abstained from, uh, compulsive overeater eating, which to me manifests as binging. Uh, I did the math this morning. If I'm correct with my date that the last date I binged was August 24th, 2014, that would be five years, eight months, and seven days, more or less. And um, I was also told that required one or more of the following, a weighted measured food plan. Um, I, w- I measure more than weigh. I, I'm not good with those 
little scales. I, I never trust that I've got exactly the amount of ounces that I'm supposed to have. And if I don't have exactly the amount of ounces I'm supposed to have, that ambiguity drives me nuts. Uh, measuring, I do use cups. There's my measuring spoon. This measuring spoon has allowed me to um, use nut butters because prior to uh, coming back to program this time and later into my step work, uh, the only serving that I knew for nut butter of any kind was spoon in the top to the bottom. Uh, so by the grace of God, I'm able to commit to one tablespoon of you know almond or cashew or coconut. I don't use peanuts, but that's just me. Um, and stop and stop, which is a miracle because there is no breaks. There is no stop. My body does not recognize the word enough. It, it doesn't really recognize full. Um, whatever that looks like for some people that if I ever had that mechanism, I lost it. I lost it through years of binging. I lost it through years of compulsive overeating. I lost it through years of abusing my alcoholic foods, which I knew early and often were my alcoholic foods. You know, I grew up with the literature in the house. Um, I always knew the lingo. I could always talk the talk. I could almost never walk the walk, though. Um, I am surrounded by a few more of my tools. There is my 12 and 12. This is the previous edition, which I am loath to let go of because this is the one that I did my fourth step in. This is the one that I have annotated and underlined and highlighted. Um, and it's near and dear. I worked my fourth step in this by going through every single question in the fourth step in this 12 and 12. Um, and I read those to my sponsor. I've had a sponsor. Let's see, I came back in early on the 25th of August was my first meeting back. I was desperate. I was scared. Um, I had lost the bulk of the weight that you see there, um, through restriction, through compulsive dieting, through compulsive exercise. And what I was living on was a chemical shit show. Um, I lived on lean cuisine, diet soda and sugarless gum basically. And it worked, you know, right up until it didn't. There's uh, me and hubby. There's another good picture. Um, I never throw away a husband either. And he has put up with a lot. Uh, that man, we met in the rooms of another fellowship. And I always say he got a much, I got a better deal than he did because he was sober and he stayed sober. And I was sober but um, food is my first, my last, my everything. It's very easy to stay clean and sober when you're still binging and dieting for me. Um, it never occurred to me to pick up drugs and alcohol because I was drunk on food all the time or high on the next diet and restriction phase. And to me, dieting and restriction are the same disease. I mean, dieting and binging are the same disease. I was either on a binge waiting to go on a diet or I was on a diet waiting to go on a binge. That was it. There was never a happy medium. Again, that part of me doesn't exist. Um, I'll, I'll qualify a little bit about growing up. Daddy, as I say, was a compulsive overeater. Um, and I, I qualify for Al-Anon based on that experience. We had locks around the refrigerator. We could wake up in the morning and discover there was literally nothing to eat in the house. And he was consumed with self-loathing. And that's far more important than the fact that he was 
um, a hundred pounder who physically lost and gained that hundred pounds. We had a tailor who used to call him Murray the Ripper because he would always be splitting the seams of his pants. And he lived for the next diet, for the next diet, guru, for, he did everything. And he hated himself. And he loved me desperately. And he didn't want me to be unhappy. And he didn't want me to get fat. And I grew up fat and unhappy, or I got fat and unhappy because I knew the only way to be happy was not to be fat. Um, And I went on like that for most of my life, whether I was going to O.N. eatings, whether I was dieting or not. I mean, none of it makes any difference. I can food a lot with the best of them, but you know what that looks like. Um, I will uh, just continue because the other thing I was told was a way to measure food plan, which I have. Another one of my tools here, this is my current notebook. Um, So the way my committing works is I write it down uh, with amounts. I email that to a food accountability buddy who is not right now my OA sponsor. I have an OA sponsor who uh, I work the steps with, who I check in daily with, who I book in my compulsive exercise with who is my guru, my friend. She's a hero to me. And essentially I picked her originally because I liked her dog. Um, I came back to the rooms and I didn't want to be there. I like to say I was extremely well balanced. I had a chip on both shoulders, Uh, but it was my last house on the block. And I had started after years in a job I hated. I had just started a new job. And in the last months of that job, I, of the old job, I, I, here I, so see me desk, here's the drawer. There's the box of food from specialties. I'm sure you know that place downtown. And I, I was literally trying to work and shove food into my face while pretending no one could see me shoving the food in my face. I was that far into craziness and denial, but I know sugar makes me stupid. So I do have to completely abstain from sugar Um, and the other, uh, was to abstain from sugar and flour. And I actually, my food plan is no, no, no grain period. Uh, for me, that means rice, corn, quinoa, oats. Um, and you know, I realize that is some people consider that extremely restrictive for me. It's the only way any single one of those to me is an alcoholic food and therefore a trigger. Uh, and I can say that I have abstained from uh, gluten and grains 100% since I came back. I will not. I will not. I will send food. You put a crouton in my salad and it's going back. And uh, part of my physical recovery is being that person at restaurants. Uh, hubby somewhat misses dining out with the old me because even if I was, you know, consumed with self-hatred for what I was eating. At least I could express some enjoyment in it. Uh, now, uh, the, if, if there's cheese, it goes back because I do abstain about 99% from dairy with one exception. Again, because cheese, especially, but dairy in general are alcoholic foods for me and also highly inflammatory, but mostly alcoholic. I'll eat things that might make me sick. I won't eat anything that I believe will trigger my addiction. I believe in the doctor's opinion 100%. If I take a single bite of my alcoholic food, it will trigger the phenomena of craving or it could trigger the phenomena of craving. And I am not willing to go back to 
191 pounds. And even more important, I'm not willing to go back to being miserable. Um, so I know physical recovery looks very different for many people. Some people might look at what I consider, you know, my morbidly obese pictures and say, yeah, hold my beer. You call that obese? And some people could look at what I consider my, ooh, I was so skinny pictures and say, you cow, you call that thin. You know what I did to myself in anorexia. Um, and it, that I, I've had to come a long way to get past that. That's my way of having to practice uh, principles before personalities is I do want to judge everybody else's physical recovery by my own. Um, either you're skinnier than I am or you're fatter than I am or you're practicing a better program or you're eating something I think you shouldn't eat. And that's, uh, that's a lot of garbage. That's my ego, um, which is the source of most of my character defects. Let's see. Well, I'm lost in telling. Oh, also, I am a big book thumper. I love my big book. Um, I will quote it chapter and verse. Um, and I do believe that the program is plug in the jug and work the steps. Um, I believe my addiction is completely equivalent to every low bottom, uh, you know, the real hard luck cases, especially the ones at the end, the, in, in the, they lost, oh, they lost everything section, you know, the skid rows. Um, when I went to NA meetings, I completely empathized with their preamble, uh, the end results of which are jails, institutions, and death. To me, that is this disease. I stole, um, I had in my amends process, I had to go over to Safeway here in the city at uh, Church and Market and uh, attempt to make financial restitution for the amount of food that went into my mouth before I got to the checkout counters. Um, bins are not my friends. <laughs> uh, I still have to steer quite clear of those. And uh, I had, I, and my sponsor and I worked on that a, a long time, you know, what the amount was. And we decided it had to be an amount that hurt a little bit because there's no way of knowing. I mean, I did this for 25 years in San Francisco. God knows how much I actually ate. But, you know, $10 was not going to be enough. That was not going to feel like an amends for what I'd done. Um, and I was, you know, I've made a lot of different amends. I've made amends to family members. I've made amends to myself. I've made living amends. But that one really stuck out to me as, as something that hurt. I mean, that was embarrassing to walk in there. You know, it, it was an amount of money that, you know, I felt it. But it was important to do it. Um, so what else? Have I covered all of that? The gluten, the grain, uh, the abstinence, the no sugar, the no flour. Yeah, so that that's what my physical recovery looks like. Uh, I write my food down every night. There's someone in my program here in SF a lot who talks about if I nibble it, I scribble it. If I do have to make an adjustment on the fly, I write it down. Um, if I thought I was going to have enough of something and I don't and I needed to put something else, because if I commit a cup of protein, I get a cup of protein. Okay. That is, that is non-negotiable. My snacks are not optional. If I commit a snack, I get a snack because my disease will take that loophole. I was thinking today, my disease is what they used to call a Philadelphia lawyer, someone who's always looking for the loophole, which is why I have to be so specific and uh, so honest and why I need uh, uh, some is not an acceptable amount for me, a bit, a few, a couple, none of those work. Is that my five? 
Yes. That, okay, thank you. Um, uh, anything with a definite article, maybe, but even like an apple. If I can, back when I did fruit, which I don't do a lot anymore, again, because that's still sugar to me, unfortunately. Um, but when I did, I mean, the first couple of months, I walked around like with what I would call my uh, security blankie fruit in my bag, just in case. Um, so if I'm at, you know, Safeway and I can find some, you know, weird mutant GMO apple the size of my head and I've committed an apple, that's my apple, you know, because what my disease wants is to eat as much food as possible. Um, and it wants to eat it as often as possible. Um, and I'll state quickly that I also abstain from eating before 5 a.m. Uh, because night eating is part of my disease. And my disease uh, this morning had me up at 4.30 and it was like, let's go. And I had to sort of focus my bleary eyes on the nearest clock and note that it was 4.30 a.m. and not 5 a.m. And I had to tell my disease, uh, basically I had to tell it to fuck off. Uh, sometimes I can say, I can be a little jovial and I'll say, oh, I see you. Hi, yes, I know you're there, but we're not eating yet. And sometimes it needs, uh, a, I just need to flip it the bird. Because uh, remember, it wants to kill me. I don't have to be nice to it. Uh, that disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's trying to kill me. Um, it could do it physically. You know, I could be 191. And in case you can't tell from this, I'm uh, five, three and a half. There's not a lot of space to put that. My father died in and of the disease. He went into relapse and never truly got recovery again. He died, um, not hypertension, uh, but heart-related illness uh, at 80 in the disease, still basically hating himself and wondering, uh, and since I hadn't gone back to the program yet, wondering when I was going to get back into program. Uh, so I've done a lot of work. Again, I have worked the steps. I've worked them multiple times for multiple reasons. Uh, my sponsor sent me back to step one over body image. She has uh, sent me back over exercise. Uh, she holds my feet to the fire. She's got the best bullshit detector in the U.S. or anywhere else, and I love her for that. And I, you know, she still has a great dog, different dog, but a dog. Um, so in, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just take a few, I'll take my last two or three minutes to just say that here in the house with my refrigerator over there, which scares me far more than COVID. I didn't want to come home. I did not want to shelter in place. I did not want to be home with my food and I have not binged. I have not cheated or lied about food. I have, uh, I'm on a meeting at least one a day. Zoom streak right now. I've gone to AA. I've got back to some Al-Anons. I've gone to meetings in the UK so that I could be in a meeting here at 11 p.m. when the meetings here are over, but they're just getting up over there. Um, and that's a miracle. Everything about me and my life today is a miracle. The fact that I am not binging right this second is a miracle because I'm a compulsive overeater and left to my own devices, all I want to do is eat compulsively. But because I don't want to die and I don't want to be miserable, um, I have this and this, and very importantly, these. Um, and I'm grateful that you let me speak today. Thanks. Thanks.